Today's guest is Kay and Tex Carter. They are two of the founding members of the West Claustrum Preserve Group, a nonprofit organization with the goal of preserving the last remaining natural habitats in Pinellas County and beyond. The WK Preservation Group started in 2020 as a response to 14 acres owned by the Pinellas County School Board being put up for sale and trying to be sold to developers for the purpose of building condos on the land. Now, they still need our help raising funds for this land. They've been successful in securing the rights to be able to purchase the property, but they still need our help, like I said, for purchasing this land and future projects down the road. Now, in this episode, we talk about how this group came together, why this is so important to Tex and Kay Carter, and how you too can get involved and support their mission. And please share this episode with one friend who would find it valuable. Let's jump right in. So Kay and Tex Carter, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you, Donnie. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to have you guys here, learn more about your project, what you guys are doing for the community, and um, and just see how the community can help support you guys even further than, than what they already have. So you guys are part of the West Klosterman Preserve Group. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start at the beginning. Like, wh- how did this start? Where did this Where did this idea come from? And and kind of like the and then we'll kind of you know jump into like where is it going and the future of it. Yeah. Okay, you want to talk about some of our early days? Okay, I'll start. <laughs> In about December of 2019, the school board was faced with a decision to go ahead and sell this piece of property that we now call the West Klosterman Preserve. They had uh, this property that they'd had for 30 years, and um, they were not going to use it for any school purposes. And the state kind of said, you know, if you want money from us, you're going to have to liquidate these properties that you have that, you know, can bring you some funds. And so they put it up for sale on their property, real estate people. Uh, I don't know how they do that, but, Mm -hmm. but however they did it, there was no sign on the gate. There was no indication that it was being sold, so the neighbors didn't know it until one day in January when there was some commotion. There were people over across the street when the neighbors saw it, went over there and said, what are y'all doing here? And they said, well, we're about to sell this property. And he went home and he made up a bunch of flyers and went out to the neighbors and said, we got to stop this. This mm-hmm. is property that's been connected to the uh, Mariner's Point management area, which is a preserved piece of property that it, it uh, shares a border with. And so they had a big meeting of the neighbors, and they got together, and they were ready as a grassroots group to go uh, to the school board and say, don't do this, you know, and be a bit confrontational. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Tex and I, kind of got involved, and I said, you know, I, I agree with this, but I don't like the confrontational way. Sure. So if I want to be part of it, we're going to have to do a more collaborative approach and uh, kind of from that initial, they had already gone to the school board once and, you know, took a very confrontational approach. And, and it didn't work. It didn't work. And um, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> and so COVID hit at that time and, and things were changing because of that. And we took a very small group and we formed a 501c3 and started working with them on a more collaborative way, t- trying to show them that we were serious that we had good reasons for not wanting this particular piece of property developed because that was the plan was to come in and bulldoze it and build a bunch of condos, Mm -hmm. which would have gotten rid of all the (laughs) wildlife and the flora and fauna that are there. Um, You want to come in? I think I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) The the background, as Kay explained, is that uh, 
the bidding for the process was really only open to developers who were planning to build condominiums, and that was the stated purpose for their bids. Their proposals came in around $3.3 million. Okay. As we started meeting with the school board and learned more about the property and its history, we realized that they hadn't done anything to improve it for uh, thirty the 30 years that they had owned it. And prior to that, it had never been developed or or really changed from what it was in original nature. So um, it was very much a part of the same ecosystem as the Mariner Point management area. Mm-hmm. Together, the animals and trees that lived on it considered it to be one piece of property, one, and they didn't care about the fences. We met also, with the school I'll board. I'll just interrupt a little okay, bit. Okay, go ahead. The Mariner's Point management area is actually the lowlands of this and this particular property is the upland, mm-hmm. more upland section. So for a complete ecosystem, it was perfect. Yeah. You know, the habitat of the animals and things on the uplands would use the lowlands, you know, for their food supplies. And so, you know, it's it so, so going to change it. it yeah, so taking that away, like, really mm-hmm. destroys what's already preserved. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It would have serious impact on yeah. the preserve that was already there. Yeah. And it would, of course, disappear as a preserve on its own, mm-hmm. which it had been functioning as a preserve. Mm-hmm. The we met with the school board and discussed the nature of the property and the nature of the preserve and the fact that it was adjacent to that other preserve. And early on, we were seen as uh, who are these guys? A uh, small group of neighbors. NIMBYs, not in my backyard type people mm-hmm. who don't want us to develop this property. Yeah. But as we communicated with them and we really developed some converts within the school board themselves of uh, people who did want to respect the environmental value of the property and the environmental pro- value of that overall area. And so we uh, one by one converted school board members to supporters. Nice. And, and really created with the school board business team the idea that we were a viable entity because we went from, uh, call it a dozen early supporters to over a thousand people who had donated or voted or somehow expressed support for us. Mm-hmm. And that had some meaning for the school board themselves. They saw us go from being a small group of neighbors to a 501c3 with registered charity capability mm-hmm. and um, recognition by the Internal Revenue Service and the yeah. state of Florida that we're a real entity. Yeah, All right. of that uh, came together to help us uh, acquire donations, acquire support, and then start working with other agencies to try to raise money. The original offer from the developers to the school board was a $3.3 million offer that they were very close to coming to a contract on and letting loose with the bulldozers. Wow. We got Literally, the contract was signed by the developer and not signed by the school board. Wow. We had our first successful meeting with them where they said, wait a minute, maybe you make sense. Yeah. And so they agreed to, one, discount the price from $3.3 million to $3 million, And they still had to raise the money because that's what's required by law sure. for an asset. They can't just donate it. Um, the $3 million price was agreed. And they said, and we'll give you a year to raise that money. Uh, and we'll tell the developers to go away and stand by. And if you're not going to be successful, we may invite them back. So they did create a one-year time frame for us to raise money. During that year, we went from being a startup charity to having raised enough money and developed enough presence in the community that the school board 
at the end of the one year said, you know, you guys are credible. This is a project we want to do. And so we'll give you the amount of time it's going to take for you to raise money. Wow, that's amazing. And with that kind of commitment from the school board to the deal, we were then able to start approaching the state legislators Mm -hmm. who represented our area and also get an agreement with the county to take on the property. If we were able to save it, they would take it on as a attachment to the existing preserve. We never never intended to own the property. Yeah, Yeah. we're not landowners. We we always intended to hopefully have the county say, yes, we'll accept it and we'll take responsibility for maintaining it. Sure. Um, It's, you know, a low-maintenance type property if it stays as a preserve and it's a minimal, you know, amount of... uh, Investment in their time and effort if um, if it's a low-impact park. But, um, you know, our our first desire would be for it to maintain as a preserve. And then if it's necessary in order to, you know, save it, to have it be a low-impact park, then, you know, we're kind of okay with that. But our first desire is to really just keep it as a preserve so that, you know, the habitat is there. It's something, uh, as we were... For Tex and I, we retired here in 2019. We had our place, and we had been coming back and forth because we have four grandsons here. Okay. And you guys. So you guys had just moved to we Florida. We had just yeah. moved here permanently wow. when this all started happening, which I guess was good because, you know, when you first move someplace, you have more time than once you're already involved in everything. Sure. Um, so we have devoted a lot of time to it. But... Um, I don't know where I was going to go with that. Well, I, I think what's interesting is yeah. like what you guys are doing is, is you know, the parks that we do have already. Right. Right. Like John Chestnut mm-hmm. Park, right. Fall Springs Park. Like that's how it. those parks are preserved and those parks are theirs because right. people, you know, 50, that's 60, 70 true. years ago said, no, this is this that's is right. land we want to save. That's right. right. You know, so it's pretty cool. And it's pretty it's it's valuable for. The it's county, valuable. the residents, exactly the wildlife, all of right. it. Right. Yeah. Kale so talk. the county has uh, come along, and they, uh, I, we're going to jump now if I get into the county because today they have. Uh, well, let voted. me close that okay. cap. Okay. okay. I'll let you. Um, so as I as I said earlier, we started. We got the commitment from the school board that we could go ahead and pursue this piece of property and the overall objective of creating a preserve, and they would give us time to do it. So then we started working with state representatives and actually got an allocation of $3 million in the state budget two years ago. Mm -hmm. The $3 million was approved by the legislature, but then it wasn't funded by the the government. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we we had $3 million. We were wildly happy. It was vetoed. And then it was vetoed and and taken out of the budget. Um, We had a second attempt by the legislature to help us fund the project. And they provided a two and a half million dollar allocation in another fund that the state had. Um, and around Hurricane Adelia, a lot of that money got shuffled around, and we ended up losing our two and a half million dollars. <laughs> so we've actually raised five and a half million dollars <laughs> for our three million dollar commitment, but yeah. we don't but we have don't have, don't, we don't have that money. <laughs> no, what we do have, and so this is. Um, the credibility and the support that we got from the school board, from people at large, and then from the state representatives themselves, all has has come together in a way that the county has said, uh, okay, we get this, we're going to help. And so what Kay was about to say is that the county in August of this year 
approved a one and a half million dollars August of last year, approved one and a half million dollars to make half of the purchase price of the property available to us. And so that one and a half million dollars has been approved. It's already funded. And that's in the county. From the county. county. Wonderful. And so that leaves us with remaining one and a half million dollars to raise. Where we are financially for this project, and Kay will talk to you in a minute about other slices of paradise that we might do in the future. Mm -hmm. But where we are with this project is that we've got the one and a half million dollar commitment from the county. We have a little over $750,000 in donations and commitments from uh, private donors, people like you and me, okay, who put up money or or offered to pledge money, um, including a a, uh, young... uh, Retired school teacher from Pinellas County who put up thirty-one million, thirty-five thousand dollars wow. of her own wow. for a matching campaign, and uh, we have a great picture of her on our website hugging a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the Sally McConnell doing that, um, and visiting the website is pretty interesting because it gives the whole history that we've been trying to describe. Yeah, and there's a lot of cute pictures of kids and little old ladies and people <laughs> like us who have all come together to try to create the project. Mm-hmm. The county has committed its $1.5 million. There's no deadline on matching it. So we have to go from where we are today, about 780, up to raising $1.5 million. So we've got a deficit today mm-hmm. of 720000 mm-hmm. People like you helping with your podcast, people helping in other ways, we want to continue to reach out to the community and raise the rest of that money. And then we'll create the WK Preserve and it will then become county property to operate and maintain as a preserve for the people of Pinellas County going forward. What's up, Palm Harbor? It's your host, Donnie Hathaway. If you are looking to stay up to date with all things Palm Harbor, then visit my website. It's palmharborlocal.com. Super simple. You can sign up there, join the locals, where I'll be sharing more information on local events, local history, and what's happening in Palm Harbor. You know, I really want to create and add more value to you as a listener for spending your valuable time tuning into my podcast. So join me there, keep listening, and remember, together, we keep Palm Harbor local. Do you guys have a deadline or a goal like when, when you would like to have that money raised by? That's We're in discussion on that right okay. now. Okay, yeah. Uh, it, it will be sometime this year, but we don't know the exact date yet. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll know that in the next month, yeah. what that actual deadline is, but yeah. it will be this year. Now that we have the commitment from the county... It is a lot easier to approach large donors and yeah. say, yeah, yeah. this is a project that you can actually give to and feel reassured that it's going to be completed. Yeah, it's going to happen. And that's, that's something that's going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's like a comfort level for that when people are donating. Right. Like this is legitimate. Yeah. And, and as an organization, we intend to continue this. Um, Pinellas County is, as everyone knows, the most densely populated county in Florida. And... There are still a few, not a whole lot, of areas similar to this one that have real uh, environmental value and shouldn't be developed. We're not opposed to development. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, give that that impression, but we are very much interested in trying to maintain some of those environmentally sensitive, environmentally um, important pieces, few pieces of property that are left in this area. And hopefully, you know, if we are successful, we can go on to other areas. I kind of see this starting to happen in Pasco and in Hillsborough counties, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So you can see it happening. Um, so uh, 
t- take me back to like y- your background, like before you guys moved here, like, mm-hmm. do you guys have any experience like, uh, um, you know, um, o- opening up a, a charity, a business like this and, and, um, yeah, like what did you guys do before? <laughs> we've learned a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've moved around the world, uh, in our 50 plus years of marriage, uh, and started, I've started a lot of organizations, but never an environmental organization okay. and never a 501c3, but worked with a lot of volunteers. Okay. So that has helped us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tex has worked in industry and done a lot of contract work. And so that's helped us. Mm-hmm. We have people who have come along. We have, you know, a social media person and that's what she does. Everything we do is all volunteers. So our expenses are extremely low mm-hmm. for an organization because essentially it's it's you know what it costs us to run our website, what it costs us to carry the insurance that we have, or mm-hmm. you know do the filing fees that we have to pay for. Mm-hmm. But you know there's no nothing that any of us we don't get any money out of it. Right, we put money into it. Yeah, sure. So we've had wonderful people come along and and offer their services and offer their expertise to help us along the way. Um, we do have a great team and and. Um, people who live in South County, St. Petersburg, people who live in Tampa, people who live in Tarpon Springs and Dunedin. Oh, cool. So people all over the county have come together around this goal. Of Not only that, we've had people who live out of state that oh, have yeah. oh, helped wow. us and, and been with us. So Our, our biggest donor is a $250,000 fund that's based in Indianapolis. That's yes. amazing, right? But yeah. he used to vacation here when he was a kid. He loved Florida, and he loved what Florida environment looks like. Yeah. And so he said, my family foundation is going to challenge the rest of you guys down in Florida. We'll put up $250,000, see if you can use that to help raise more money. Yeah. And so that's a good story. That's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. I would have loved to have gone back in, like, when Pinellas County was just orange groves and, right. like, mm-hmm. not developed so just to see what it, you know, looked like then. Yeah. yeah. It would have just been really, really cool. Um, how many volunteers do you guys have now? No, I don't even know. So yeah. um, hardcore volunteers, probably 30, yeah. 30 or 40 people. And are they, who, these are people who show up at events and okay. man our table in our tent mm-hmm. and solicit donations. Mm-hmm. We have a, a, a professional sponsorship program where we have a few people who go out and meet with businesses and companies and say, would you like to put our logo in your window and would you like to have some brochures and oh by the way would you like to donate a little bit to us mm-hmm. and and we give them presents but, on our website yeah, this, this is a brand new program that we've brand new just program. now okay and so rolling some, out yeah, yeah some of the first people have signed up and we're we give them presents on our website we push them in our social media so that they're known you're going to get that request <laughs> <laughs> and we'll push you out on our website as well of course okay? yeah uh and but the idea is that uh, the, the group is growing, and it's growing not just around the West Clusterman Preserve, which is the first project, but around the idea of environmental preservation for Pinellas County. Mm-hmm. And, and as Kay, the, yeah. as and Kay said, saving the small slices of paradise mm-hmm. that still exist. Mm-hmm. Why is this important to you guys? It's important for the next generations. Yeah. You know, we're in our 70s. It's not going to really impact us. Right. Um, but it's going to impact our grandkids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
and the future generations. And we're responsible for that. You know, if we don't leave them the opportunity to have what we had, then we've done a poor job. Mm -hmm. We've lived and worked in places like Saudi Arabia, Thailand, um, other parts of the country here, Chile. And as we've moved around the world, we've seen the difference that a good, solid environmental attitude in the in the public makes versus the extreme overdevelopment that you find in places like Tokyo or or Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we want to we want to maintain that level of environmental sustainable development um, for the areas where we live and where we can make a contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, We we have a little game that we use at some of our events to kind of let children understand what we're all about. We line up two jump ropes and far enough apart that a child can't jump from one side to the other. And we ask them to pretend to be an animal of their choosing and get from where they're standing on one side of the jump rope to the other. mm -hmm. And because that's where their food supply is going to be. And they'll go, we can't, we can't get that far. And then we take a couple of hula hoops and we lay them on the ground and we say, okay, can you jump from that, from where you are to that hula hoop and then to that other hula hoop? And then can you get there? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to save those little slices of paradise, those little things that allow the environment to continue because you've got the resources for the plants, the animals, the insects, you know, everything they can get from one to the other. To, to be able to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that, you know, it's a good example of what we're trying to do. Um, and I think it's a good idea too, like, or a good thought. It, it doesn't, it doesn't take much, right? Like you, you don't need hundreds of acres to preserve. Like you can right. just preserve these small little plots That's of right. land that we still have. And it still makes a, a, a huge impact for the community. Right. Yeah. We've got the Florida wildlife corridor, which is an amazing project mm-hmm. and is really important. But this is, is deemed at these little slices of, of land that mm-hmm. are just as important, and especially in these areas where it's so densely populated. Mm-hmm. And to Donnie's point too, one of the one of the things that is the case is that a small piece of property may not attract the same attention and the same support mm-hmm. as, like you said mm-hmm. earlier, Wall Springs or mm-hmm. Brooker Creek, some of the larger places. Mm-hmm. The larger parks attract attention. The smaller slices of paradise. They need some sponsorship too. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I saw on the website you guys have tours of the of the preserves. We do. We do. Is that to like bring awareness, allow people to experience exactly. it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We have a tour this Sunday, right. um, the twenty first, that um we we try not to bring too many people through there on a tour because we want to keep we, the low impact. Keep the gopher tortoises, keep the right. low impact. So but people can sign up for a tour, they can see for themselves. The beauty of this property, they can look across the fence at the Mariner Point management area that we want to keep intact as well. Mm-hmm. May see a gopher tortoise, may see a bald eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. There's a lot of cool critters out there. Uh, definitely, you'll see gopher tortoise holes because there are there's hundreds of them. Of them Is there really? There oh, really yeah. are. Wow. Oh, so many. And, um, and um, a lot of wildlife. And as, as you go through the season, you can see different flowers and different plants. And then you see the the upland nature of the property is uh, is where the Florida rosemary, which is an endangered species, uh, we have one of those guys on our property. We have giant air plants, which are a threatened species. 
we have uh, the gopher tortoises, which are also a threatened species. So mm -hmm. a lot of it is out there and people can actually get close to it, see it up front, and then understand the, the relationship with a small slice of paradise to the rest of what's in, available for people. Mm -hmm. As we've been involved in this, we've I, like I said, we've learned so much, <laughs> yeah. not just on how to start a 501c3, but also about the environment. Yep. Things that I just, I never really thought about. People our age, we just really were not as aware of the environment as we needed to be. Mm -hmm. and, and as young people are today. As young people are today, which yeah. is really good. Uh, and it's sad, too, because things like, just like the gopher tortoises. Yeah. You know, they... Now there's mitigation things that they're supposed to do. They're supposed to dig them up when they develop property. They're supposed to go in and dig up any that they can find and then move them yeah. to another place that's supposedly a good habitat. But what they found is that gopher tortoises have a huge homing. developed homing instinct, and they want to go back to their property, and they will dig their way out of those places, Yeah, and then they get killed. Yeah, And the food supply isn't enough in those places. So then they die. So it's really, you know, we need to maintain habitat for them or we will lose them. Yeah. And they're a keystone species, meaning that their burrows are home to over 60 other species. And so without them, then those other species will die. Yep. A little thing about gopher tortoises, a baby gopher tortoise will dig a hole. When it gets too big for its hole, it won't make it bigger. It will go dig a new hole. And that hole becomes the habitat for, for another else. critter. Uh, okay, okay. Okay. And as they get bigger and bigger, they just dig more and more homes for other critters. That's why they're called a, key, a keystone, keystone species. species. Yeah. When I, uh, growing up, like I was always outside and, you know, I think we were, maybe my generation was like the last to like mm -hmm. always be outside <laughs> growing up. Um, but I think that's where my, my love for the that's outdoors right. kind of developed. And then, like I mentioned before, like I have a degree in biology. I learned from Dr. Hugel and, you know, that's where my, my passion, like just kind of like flourished mm -hmm. and, and really began to appreciate like how everything is intertwined, it is. you know, and it's, it's, it's it so. really is amazing. And it's, 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 it just to be able to experience that. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. to, to save that land um, is super important. Just like the parks that we have, like I mentioned, Wall Springs, John Chestnut, right. like those are, those are great places to visit. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's so much wildlife there. there. And so much needs to be preserved. Yes. And, you know, thank you for inviting us to your yes. podcast, but you're certainly invited to come out and I'll give you a personal tour. I would love that. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Um, what's what's plans for the future? Like, so you preserve the, the West Classroom Preserve. What, do you we, guys have anything identified next? We have a, a couple of things that we're not ready to release the information sure. on. One of the problems is that as soon as you let people know, the price kind of goes up. Mm. and it's so hard to raise Imagine the that. money. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. So, you know, we're very closed-mouthed until we get kind of a commitment on the yep. pricing and and all of that. Um, and we also want to be able to say we've got the success. So we've got to get this done so that we can move on. Yeah. Well, I want to I wrap up with um, just saying, you know, th thank you for what you guys are doing. It's, it's super important. Us. And how can people, if they want to donate, where can they find out more information and, um, and get involved? WKPreserve.com. That's our website, and it's the best place to go. There's a place you can fill out a form that says, I want to help, and tell us how you want to help. Uh, we'll get back to you. Or you can go to our Facebook page, which is WKPreserve. <laughs> okay. um, so 
it's it's really easy to to contact us. We don't have a physical location. Like I said, we're all volunteers, so we work virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have to pay any rent or anything like that. Um, but through our website and through our social media Facebook page, it's the best way to contact us. When you go to the website, it will um, give you the opportunity to sign up for our newsletter. And we put out a newsletter every couple of weeks. Okay. okay? Or once a month. That gives, or once a month depending on how quickly we can get to it (laughs) and how much news we have to offer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's a good way to keep abreast of the events that we have, the tours that we have, all of the things that we're doing. And uh, hopefully in the not-too-distant future, one of the newsletter's events will be uh, we're going to sign the deal with the county and with the school board to buy the WK Preserve and sign it. Yeah, right. I, l- I look forward to that day. Yeah, that'd be cool. So do we, we do yeah. too. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> we are so excited. I bet. Well, thank well, you for your time. Yes, yes. thank you so much. Thank you, guys.